Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. This is a crossover between Locked On Mariners and Locked On Rangers. And for you Locked On Rangers listeners, that was my announcer, Joey Martin, and we are both part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or TLOPN, as I like to say. Please remember to do- <laughs> yes, thank you. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners and Locked On Rangers podcast, not at the same time because that would be weird. Using whichever <laughs> use your smart device to do that. Uh, yes, I am DC Lundberg. Also with us, of course, the host of Locked On Rangers, Mister Bryce Patrick. How art thou doing today? Oh, I am super duper. You know, I got a uh, Stars game on in the background. Just finished another episode before this, so I am living the dream as much as one can be living the dream these days. You know, <laughs> fair and enough. Especially it's one as much as one can be living the dream while cheering for a very, very, very terrible baseball team. <laughs> I, I think we kind of both know that feeling, or both of our audiences, because <laughs> the Rangers were honestly did not have as good a season last year as I thought they were going to. And then the Mariners in in rebuild mode. I think every fan base has been through that sooner or later. Yeah, it's just kind of how it goes. I mean, the Mariners are really coming out of it. I mean, a few years ago, the Mariners were in one of the positions. They were not only bad, but like from the outside looking in, it's like the farm system didn't look great. Yeah. Like you had all these like big contracts that like for guys who weren't really performing, and it was like, man, that's like the worst place to be. And that's about. That's about where the Rangers are, except without any of the bad contracts. They're just bad. (laughs) But at least you're not spending a tremendous amount of money on those players that are not performing like the Mariners did about, I want to say 10, 15 years ago, I guess. That's kind of the when it was really bad. Well, it's entirely possible that they might pay Chris Davis with a K uh, $16.5 million to not play baseball for them this year. (laughs) He looks that bad in spring training. Um, But yeah. We're going to do a fun little format on, on this episode. I'm going to ask DC about questions about the Mariners because i got a lot of questions about the Mariners. I'm just more intrigued about the Mariners than I should be. Okay. Um, that's probably healthy. But we're going to flip it around for segment two. And then we're just going to go wild and play it by ear for segment three. So, Unless you don't question, get to all the questions in segment one, you can save those for segment three if, if that winds up being the case. That might be, but that would assume that I plan questions ahead of time and I'm not just flying off the hip anyway. Let's just see but, what happens. Let's do it. Let's do it. My first question, where did all of these young, talented Mariners come from? Like, two years ago, they had, like, one of the worst farm systems in baseball, and you made some trades, nothing, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you traded Robinson Cano. Yeah. Is that where, like, every single one of these came from this just fleecing the Mets? Because if so, bravo. Uh, that's where Jared Kelnick came from, and he is actually going to be injured and on the shelf for a few weeks, from what I understand. Um, we got – we got – the Mariners got Jared Kelnick in that trade. They also got Justin Dunn, who's in the starting rotation, who I'm not real high on, to be honest. It was a lot of other trades, too, just as Sheffield came over in the uh, James Paxton trade. And Paxton has re-signed with the Mariners as a free agent. Kyle Lewis is homegrown. Uh, Marco Gonzalez was a trade uh, with the Cardinals a few years ago. It's been mostly through trades, and they've also drafted pretty well. Also, Logan Gilbert uh, might be in the big leagues this season, and he was a draft pick from just a couple of years ago. And the other names are escaping me right now, but it's mostly been through pretty decent 
trades. J.P. Crawford was another player acquired in a trade. Shedlong Jr. came over in a trade. It's mostly been trades and uh, some good drafting. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez is a guy who really intrigues me. I hadn't heard much about him um, until uh, recently. I mean, y'all have had a very chaotic offseason. I want to know your take on um, on what was going on with the Mariners' GM situation and those just horrendous comments about were made by the guy no longer in charge of your team. <laughs> honestly, I think the less said about that clown, the better. He's gone. <laughs> no, honestly, he's gone. So that's probably the best thing that's come out of it. Um, and I, I'm not trying to cover anything up or that or any, anything of that sort, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's gone. Let's move on and talk about baseball because that's what's really important. If he was still hanging around, then it would be a different story. Mm-hmm. But that he is. Sense. He, but he is gone, and uh, I just prefer not to think of it anymore because what he said really was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was quite bad. Um, I, I made the this the only statement I really made on it is uh, my podcast is is against racism, and that's that's about where we should leave it. We don't need to talk about him anymore. He's not relevant, and he kind of sucks. So <laughs> let's move on and talk about the Mariners coming out of the dredges of. You know, I, I was never really a big baseball fan when the Mariners were good, and I've heard I, I know what Seattle fans are like with their other teams and how insufferable they can be. Are Mariners fans like that specific breed of Seattle sports fan? Are they still like, you know, cautiously optimistic, not ready to go full on and you know, terrorizing people's Twitter mentions for disparaging the mighty Mariners? Are they still beaten and broken and you know? holding out hope that everything's going to fall apart, where, which is where Rangers fans are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Honestly, I really don't know. I've pretty much washed my hands of social media, so I don't... You're a I wise don't, man. <laughs> so I can't comment on that at all, to be honest. But um, And I don't really want to disparage the Mariners fan base on my show either, but it's... <laughs> um, so I'm going to choose my words very carefully, but the Mariners seem to have a lot of diehard fans fans and that's really the ones that have been going to the ballpark recently and the Mariners seem to attract a lot of bandwagoners or at least they have when they were really really good and I'm not talking about people in the Seattle area I'm talking about people everybody in North America was wearing a Mariners cap from about 1995 through about 2002 especially when Ken Griffey Jr. was their top player you know a lot there were a lot of kids running around with Ken Griffey Jr. jerseys all around the country um so I I'm not really a part of that scene so I can't really comment on anything that you said. Baseball really is the only major f- sport that I follow. Bowling and curling are not major sports and agree they, to disagree. Oh really? I mean <laughs> no. they're not considered major sports but they are they are honestly they are my two favorite sports um even above baseball this time. I really can't comment on on that one way or, or another just because I I choose to be oblivious. <laughs> That's a fair place to be. So it's looking like uh, earlier, I think I did a show with uh, Jason Burke of Locked on A's, mm-hmm. which I will be doing another one of uh, in the coming weeks. But I made the bold prediction that uh, the Mariners are going to win the AL West this year, which felt right at the time, given what the A's had lost and what the Astros had lost as well. Mm-hmm. And then kind of looking back at what the Astros have done now, especially getting Jake Odorizzi, that like that sucks. I am upset about that. I want them to be terrible, and I want them to. <laughs> I want nothing but badness for all Houston sports teams. But it's looking like it might be a difficult thing for the Mariners to come out and win the AL West in 2021. But 
what are your predictions? Like, how well you think of the team? Is this is this the year that they pull out? Because they'll have some hot stretches, like they have the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something they could sustain, like a 500 record, or like maybe chase for a second wild card spot? No, I think they're a 500 team at best. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm sorry. I mean, this is this is still a rebuilding team, especially based on how the bullpen specifically performed last year and the back end of the rotation was not very good either. The offense was very, very streaky. It was great at times and just completely non-existent at other times. I still think that this team... I said last before last year that in terms of development, the young bats are ahead of the young arms. I still feel that way, even though the Mariners mm-hmm. did make a bunch of moves or a few moves uh, through free agency. Pardon me. To shore up their bullpen, Keenan, Keenan Middleton I thought was a terrific signing. I cannot wait to see what he does. Even though he had a bad season last year, he knows what he needs to do to improve. He feels as if he was too reliant on his fastball, and he wants to mix his pitches better. That's great. Let's see, you know, where that goes. And the other names are escaping me right now, but I think the bullpen is going to be a bit better. And also the James Paxson signing. The Mariners all, all of a sudden have a pretty good front end of the rotation, anchored by Marco Gonzalez, who just hardly walked anybody last year. I yeah, mean, he was excellent last year. I I really think that I mean I don't know if he is a true ace in the in that sense of the word because he's not dominant but he is a very effective number one pitcher in my estimation James Paxton behind him and Justice Sheffield who really improved last season as well at number three that's a very good one two three punch and they're all left-handed mm-hmm. I just I'm looking at his numbers now and he had fewer walks than home runs seven walks and eight home runs allowed in uh, 69 two-thirds innings which I think is pretty nice yeah and he didn't really walk anybody in his last full season 2019 either I was thinking about this actually earlier today in a preparation for the show or anticipation for the show i think a decent comparison between marco gonzalez could be made with jimmy key from about 30 35 years ago somebody who's not going to walk anybody who has a moderate strikeout total Hmm. interesting yeah the rangers did have a left-hander um who didn't walk anybody and struck out quite a few he was also a mariner um guided by the name of cliff lee bring back any (laughs) memories (laughs) <laughs> I remember that trade. I remember when that trade went down. Um, my boss at the time where I was working was also a huge Mariner fan, actually used to work for the team. Um, so I said, and I found out, and I went into work and said, hey, the Mariners got Cliff Lee. And I was excited, and he wasn't excited because he didn't think that the team was good enough. <laughs> um, and he wound up being right. They traded him at the at the uh, deadline, as, as, if I recall, and I have no idea who they got in return. I don't even remember. Justin was- Smoke. That's right. Yep, it was the Justin Smoke and some other pieces that oh, didn't yeah. pan out. Exactly. I mean, J- Justin Smoke was pretty good as a Blue Jay. He did nothing as a Mariner. He didn't do much for the Rangers either. They they had a good old fashioned first base battle between three guys at that oh. time. It was wow. Justin Smoke, uh, Chris Davis, mm-hmm. and Mitch Moreland. And Chris <laughs> Davis wasn't doing anything. He was actually traded in the Koji Uehara trade back in 2011, I believe. And Koji Wahara didn't do anything that special with the Rangers. But then, like, the very next season, he left Texas. He went to Boston and had, like, a sub, like, one ERA and was just, like, stupid good. And I was very mad. (laughs) Now you know how Mariners fans feel about a whole lot of other acquisitions. (laughs) Justin Smoke being one of them, who didn't do anything as a Mariner, went to the Blue Jays and had a, you know, was, was pretty effective. And then another comparison there would be Adrian Beltre. 
who was league mm. average at best as a Mariner, <laughs> goes to Red- Boston for one season, and then goes to your Texas Rangers, and then puts together a Hall of Fame career. And those are not the only two by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but the Mariners are used to this. Also, Alex Rodriguez, you know, he was really terrible with Seattle. And then he signed with the great contender, Texas, and everything went really well there. <laughs> well, yeah, the less said about him, the better I feel, too, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> Absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. Is it about time for, for uh, taking a break and... Yeah, hear some word from our sponsors? I feel like it is. I think it is, too. And I, I didn't, uh, for uh, the Rangers fans, I usually have a trivia corner at this time in my show, but um, I didn't write one. So we're just going to go into uh, <laughs> telling you guys about Built Bar. And, uh, sir, would you like to do the ad, or would you prefer it if I did? No, I, I'll do this ad. Okay, I'll, I'll talk it. all about how great Built Bar is. You, you know, we've it. been telling you about how great Built Bar is, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. What is today's matchup, DC? Today actually has two matchups. The first matchup is between banana nut bread and toffee almond. Gee, I wonder Mm. which one. (laughs) Elite. Yes. And the second matchup is between two very good ones, orange and peanut butter. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning peanut butter and and toffee. You know, I I'm not a big fan of banana flavored things. Like I've yet to have one banana flavored like sweet thing that's like good. Like it's, it's still it's still solid. I mean, they don't sell a bad bar. But like toffee, mm, it's just so good. That's that's one of the better ones for sure, yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, if you want to get in on the action, you want to know why are these guys talking so extravagantly about this protein bar. It can't really taste that good. I promise you it does. Go to builtbar.com or at built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Now, back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much. That was Locked On Mariners announcer Joey Martin. Today, a Locked On Rangers, Locked On Mariners crossover featuring me, D.C. Lundberg, host of Locked On Mariners, and the host of Locked On Rangers, Mr. Bryce Paderick, to whom I toss right now. Now, we're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers and the Mariners, but what about sports in general? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With Locked On Today, it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and has it's got all the sports news you need every day, every morning, in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, it's time to talk about some terrible baseball teams, or just this, this terrible baseball team, just the Rangers. You know, we're not going to go into all of the terrible baseball teams. I have nothing to say about the Pittsburgh Pirates or any other terrible baseball teams out there besides the Rangers. What are your burning questions for this terrible team that no one should really care about that much outside of Joey Gallo <laughs> being amazing and no longer have Lance Lynn? It used to be Lance Lynn and Joey Gallo. Um, now it's just Joey Gallo and friends. Well, you know, as we were as we were mentioning before the show, uh, Bryce, I'll fill the uh, 
your listeners in on what's been going on, my listeners know that I've been going through some minor health problems basically since October. So I have not really been paying much attention to baseball, what's been, you know, what's been going on over the offseason, except, of course, for the Mariners, and I couldn't even remember half the free agent acquisitions. So you, <laughs> you did mention that Lance Lynn is no longer a Ranger. Pardon me. The Rangers, I mean, the Rangers were last in the uh, American League West last year, 22 and 38. So I guess I just have more general questions rather than specific ones. Um, with Lance Lynn gone, and you were mentioning to me that you weren't a whole a big fan of the Rangers starting rotation, I was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Well, the Rangers have basically one guy coming back from last year who I trust to be a consistent starter and actually give them like starter innings and you know about 30 starts and maybe 150 innings, and that is opening day starter Kyle Gibson. Mm, yes, yeah, that's where the Rangers are. And did Kyle Gibson have a good year, you ask? No, not really. He had kind of a bad year, just like everyone. Um, last year, his first year with Texas, um, did pitch in 12 games, 12 of those, all 12 of those were starts. A 535 ERE, 67 innings, um, 58 walks, not great. 30 or 58 strikeouts, not super great for 67 innings. 30 walks, 12 home runs. It was not a super inspiring performance. But he was the Rangers' number two starter behind Lance Lynn because that's how bad everything was. Jordan Lyles was so utterly terrible, he guaranteed that he will not be a starter on this team. Um, he had a 7.02 ERA in 12 games. Uh, actually lost his starting job by the end of the season. Had nine through three games that he pitched out of the bullpen, 57 innings. Uh, Mike Miner is gone. Colby Allard was quite bad. Um, this was basically his year to be like, all right, here we go. I am a major league caliber starter, and he couldn't really do it. Had a 7.75 ERA in 11 games, 32 innings, struck out 8.6 per nine, which is fine. The walks were a bit of a problem as well, 20 walks and 33 innings. Kyle Cody, who is a guy who he was 25 last year, he missed two straight years with uh, different uh, surgeries. He had Tommy John um, and also had just missed quite a bit of time. He hadn't pitched five innings in a game since, I believe, 2017 um and he pitched five innings two or three times this year with the rangers um only had eight games that he pitched in uh five of those were starts um three of those were finishing games had a 159 era um decent strikeout numbers not great with the walk but limited runs and was able to get innings which was huge for the rangers so they brought in a whole bunch of people um, mm -hmm. They bought, brought in a uh, Japanese starter, Kohei Arihara, who has pitched in Japan for, I believe, six years. He's in his late 20s. Um, they brought in Mike Fultinevich from uh, Atlanta because Atlanta just straight up cut him last year because his fastball was in the low 90s um, as opposed to 95, which in his first start, it was 95 to 97, which was where it was when he was an all-star. Mm -hmm. So that's inspiring. Also, his slider looked good. They got Dane Dunning back. Um, in the Lance Lynn trade, he's looking like he should be pretty solid. Um, like I said, Arihara is probably going to be pretty solid. He's not anything too special, but he's going to be an innings eater. He's very consistent in being able to eat innings. And in the fifth spot, it's going to be either Kyle Cody, Colby Allard, or a Korean pitcher who is, I believe, 32, Hyunjong Yang. Um, Yang, excuse me, um, who has pitched in Korea for about 12 years. Rangers have wanted to bring him over for quite a while. So, yeah, that's kind of the state of the Rangers rotation. It's it's bad, but 
that's kind of where we are. They got guys who I think can eat innings, which they didn't really have last year. Mike Miner followed up two really good years with a terrible one, but still was able to get the Rangers a decent return in the trade. And now Elvis Andrews is gone, and my heart is broken into many pieces because I've seen him in Oakland A's gear and smiling and happy, and I'm happy for him, but I like I want him to be happy, like not in front of my face. Oh, like just go do it behind my back. Go to the National League or something like that, yeah. Not just like right next door, the A's. Yeah. The same like, di- the same division hurts. I'm gonna see him nineteen times a year in that beautiful green uniform with the elephant hat on. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't I can't do that. I can't do that. It hurts my heart too much. Who's but on play the bright side, I'm sorry, go ahead. He on the bright side, he is physically closer to Adrian Beltre, who's living in LA, so mm-hmm. that makes that makes me a little happy. Okay. But to answer your question, Isaiah Kiner Falefa is really? going to play shortstop. He okay. was given the starting job in December, which we all thought, okay, that's weird. Why would you announce that now that he is guaranteed to be your um, opening day shortstop? But apparently they were already in the works on Elvis Andrews trades. So he was downright elite defensively last year. People who don't watch the Rangers, which you shouldn't, they're, they, they're not a lot of fun, mm-hmm. except for Joey Gallo bombs. He was elite defensively. He had the best defensive war of any player at third base in the American League. Um, Best of anyone in baseball besides Nolan Arenado. He split his time between third base and shortstop, kind of like, I think, 60 to 70% at third base and a little bit at shortstop as well. He's got literally no power. Like, he is very close to becoming like the Michael Young, like the Hawaiian Michael Young. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I would explain him. But Michael Young did at least hit for 20 home runs a couple of years. Got really good bat speed, um, good eye. Just, I really love him defensively. And, I mean, what, two years ago he was playing catcher? They wanted to be a full-time catcher. <laughs> that did not work out. The guy was too thin. And he was just so good defensively at third base, it felt like such a waste. It's like, why are you doing this? He's got an elite skill. He doesn't have a lot of power. and that You kind of want that from a lot of pop from your third baseman. But, like... I think he can be an above average to bordering on elite shortstop. And for the Rangers the next couple of years, I think that's more than good enough for him. And I really love the kid. Always love this kid. Um, works his butt off. And he won a gold glove at third base. And Joey Gallo won one in right field, his first gold glove in his worst offensive season. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I want to talk about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa a little bit more. Because um, I'm looking at his numbers from last year. I've got his career numbers up here. It looks to me like he's not going to strike out very much. He's going to put the bat on the ball. Pretty decent on-base percentage, but not a lot of slugging, which is which you can accept from a shortstop, especially if he's going to be that good defensively. He hit 280 last year with a 329 on base, which is not great, but 238 versus a 299 on base in 2019 is a bit better. So... Um, I don't go do with those numbers what you will, gang. I don't know why I brought that up. Yeah, um, I it, he ended the year at two eighty, um, but he there was a time where he was hitting like three twenty, like a month and a half into the season, like mm-hmm. pretty late. I'm trying to pull up these splits real quick. Um, let's see, the month of gosh, there's, there's literally only three months here. There's July, four games. Um, I, I can't find like a two week split start, but there was like about midway through. Um, August he was hitting like 320 um mm-hmm. the walks still weren't great but like he was getting he wasn't getting nearly as many doubles like this ballpark um really just swallows up batters like I, I did 
a number on Joey Gallo and Willie Calhoun when he was playing. And also Nick Solak is a guy who the Rangers were expecting, expecting a lot from offensively. Mm-hmm. And he only had two home runs. He played whole season, 58 games, 10 doubles. Just no power numbers. Where he had a lot more last year, he's got definitely potential for that. Um, Willie Calhoun had just the year from hell last year. It was mm-hmm. absolutely horrendous because he got hit in the face with a fa- with a fastball from um, Julio Urias oh, in spring right. training. Um, missed, was going to be out for what was regular opening day. Then ended up, he was healthy for summer camp. And then he had a hamstring train that kept him out for most of the year. His production was terrible. Ended up getting one consolation home run towards the end of the year. But now he's back, he's ready, and then they go in and they bring in David Dahl. But it looked like he was definitely going to be the starting left fielder, and it's like, okay, what the hell is going on? Like, okay, well, I guess I'll be the DH. Then they trade for Chris Davis, and he's like, what is going on here? But Chris Davis looks absolutely terrible. There's like 50 to 60% chance he doesn't even make the opening day roster. The Rangers had to swallow these $16.5 million he's owed. But I think this is a big year for him. Um... David Dahl could be an absolute steal. I feel like any team picking up on the mistakes of the Colorado Rockies is a great way to improve your baseball team. <laughs> they just straight up cut him. So the Rangers are going to get a couple years of control of him, see if they can keep him healthy. And if so, then the Rangers will have got a former all-star for pennies on the dollar, which would be really nice for them. Yeah, I mean, the Rockies were pretty deep in the outfield, but just up and out cutting the guy just does not make sense to me. No, no, there is really basically no reason for it. Um, I mean, the injury history is definitely a, a little scary, but having Willie Calhoun there is like, okay, if we don't have David Dahl at all, then okay, we just have Willie Calhoun in left field, um, and then we have Ronald Guzman playing elite defense at first base, mm-hmm. and we have Nate Lowe at DH. Nate Lowe was the other kind of big trade. I'm still kind of pissed at the Rangers for making because they traded three guys with a lot of potential um, in the lower minors, for him, which didn't seem like that much of an upgrade. And by the way, for those who weren't paying attention to Dominican uh, Winter League, which probably is uh, quite a few of you, probably Ronald Guzman won the MVP of that league. He was fantastic. He was hitting homers like crazy. He has shortened up his swing. Um, when he basically got to the majors, they tried to um, lengthen his swing to try and get him to tap into more power. He's listed at, I think, 6'5". He's actually closer to something like 6'8". The guy is an absolutely massive human being with a big wingspan um, who is elite defensively and, like, an okay hitter. Um, But he's so big that, like, if you shorten up his swing, we're seeing that he's tapping into more power more regularly without having to try for it because he's just that big. So that's kind of the things to watch for, um, that competition for first base slash dh slash left field it's kind of up in the air at this point i'm leaning towards guzman because i love guzman and i'm still pissed at john daniels for making the nate low trade but like it's it's very low stakes right here there's there's not much um going on but i do believe that joey gallo will have a much better bounce back season because he's already got five home runs and i think six spring training games so far and he looks incredible not that it means anything but like it's always fun to watch Joey Gallo home runs, no matter what team you cheer for. Like, they're just works of art. I have his numbers up here, and we're running up on a break, so I'll make this short. But what struck me about last year's number with Joey Gallo, it's not the power numbers. It's the fact that um, 
He's all he's never gonna well, I shouldn't say he's never gonna hit for a great batting average. He hit two fifty three in two thousand nineteen, but last year he hit one eighty one, but his on base was three oh one. That's hundred and twenty points higher. That's massive. Incredibly yeah, always, massive. He's always been a guy who's walked a lot. Um he's a guy who you know, people like to har- who don't really understand baseball love to harp on his batting average. He always hit around like 200 before then, even when he's having 40 home run seasons with an on base of like anywhere from like 340 to 350, which is really solid for a guy with that kind of power. He's but Rob Deere, basically. Ex- exactly. He's like Adam Dunn, um, but more athletic and has a gold glove in right field. But I've That's always the said, thing. The defense really, really saves him. Exactly. If And he was a third baseman coming up. And he now was. he played... Uh, basically almost gold glove caliber defense in center field the year that he had his first all-star year in 2019. I've said this uh, many times about Joey Gallo, but I'll repeat this for your listeners. If Joey Gallo, his batting average is, and the thing is like the batting average has to stay there with the, the other numbers staying the same, like the slugging percentage, the on base are still going to be insane. Mm -hmm. Um, If he hits 220, he's an all-star. If he hits 250, he's an MVP. If he hits 270, he's a gosh darn hall of famer, Barry Bonds. Like, that's the kind of insane extra behind the batting average stuff that goes on with Joey Gallo and why I love him so much. And he's such a freaking weirdo unicorn. And that's why I defend him with all of my heart, mind and soul and have for basically since he was drafted. He's a very unique player. I, I will. I'll certainly give him, give him that. Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, we are up on a break, so this is the point in the program where I remind my listeners, and I'll say to yours as well, if you have a question or a comment for me, please send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will reply to it on the air in an upcoming mailbag episode. I accept questions and comments on any subject. In fact, I encourage questions and comments on any subject. Bowling and curling, I love answering questions on those. I've answered questions about music, which took up an entire show one time. So if you have any questions at all, send them to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Just keep, but do keep them appropriate since this is a family show. Coming up, Bryce and I talk about stuff. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> now this word from BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, gang, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and you know baseball season's coming up. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, ladies and gentlemen. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on, all one word. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Thank you very much, JM. Fantasy Baseball Addict, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues, and that is none other than Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, I'm sure no relation to Bill, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that will lead you to league wins. 
Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all, gang. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball today, right at this exact moment, wherever you get your podcast. Wait until the show's over first, actually, then you can subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's well worth your while. Back here with Bryce Paderuk, I am DC Lundberg, talking about uh, kind of kind of shoot for the hip, shoot from the hip in uh, C Block, aren't we, Bryce? Aren't we? We sure are. You know, I I have a real important question for you as a Mariners fan, and if you could speak to Mariners fans in general, I mean, obviously from your own experience first. Yeah. But I'm curious, who do Mariners fans hate most of the AOS teams, or it could be not an AOS team? I mean, like obviously the the obvious answer is the Yankees, but like I'm thinking like division wise, because like yeah, everybody hates the Astros. That's good. <laughs> you know, it it's definitely it's been my answer, and like. One of the nice things about like the Astros becoming the villains, I mean, besides like that just being very nice in general, yeah, is like for years and years and years, Dallas fans have always been saying like Houston Force fans are the worst. They're awful. They're so miserable. They're so annoying. And everyone's like, oh, it's just because you hate their team. And now with all of this stuff coming out, they've kind and of especially it. with like baseball fans in general dealing with the Astros, they're like. Oh my God, they really are the worst. <laughs> and it's just that vindication uh-huh. has been so sweet for me the last few years. All baseball fans being like, oh yeah, Astros fans are trash. And so are the Astros. It used Literally to be the Yankees. Down. It used to be the Yankees, but it's it's now the Astros. They've taken the trash can, so to speak, and uh, and ran with it. Um, but the Mariners have a little bit of history with the Yankees specifically, dating back to the mid-90s where they faced each other in the uh, first division uh, series. And the Mariners won that one. And then the following season, there was a game in the kingdom where um, against the Yankees where Paul O'Neill was kind of threatening to charge the mound against a 5'10", 165-pound left-hander. <laughs> and the catcher at that time was a man named John Marzano. I don't remember if you remember him or not, but he's one of my favorites. I do not. I, did, I didn't think so. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, John Marzano is... Um, Philly born and raised, really tough guy. Basically told O'Neill to cram it. If you got to if you want to get to Tim Davis, you got to go through him and a pretty good brawl ensued. And kind of from <laughs> that point forward, the Mariners and Yankees really didn't like each other. Um and then the Yankees started, you know, acquiring a bunch of big money free agents pretty much right after that. The 114 win season in 1998, 1999 World Series, 2000 World Series where they spent just a ton of money in free agency and nobody liked them at that time. And they always seem to beat the Mariners in the playoffs at that time, too. So that's why the Mariners specifically don't really like the Yankees, but now it's the Astros. Yeah, I mean, it was the Yankees for the Rangers back in the 90s, too. I mean, the first three times the Rangers made the playoffs back in the late 90s, I think 95, 96, 96. and uh, 96, 97, 99. Um, yeah. They were, I don't I think they were swept, I think at least two of those years. Um, they might have been swept all three of those years. I don't think it was all three, but um, eliminated every year by, by the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, I think and in 1996, just, I'm pretty sure the Rangers won at least one of those playoff games. And one comment that I remember um, Bob Costas making on the air when Juan Gonzalez was having a pretty good season, that he said, George Steinbrenner better check the deed, because right now it's Juan Gonzalez who owns the Yankees. <laughs> Gosh, those teams were so much fun. The just bashing Rangers. I mean, back when they were at the old Globe Life Park, 
which I hate calling it. It's the ballpark. It's the ballpark. ballpark yeah, thank you. Thank That's you. That's literally what it is. And I don't have to call it whatever stupid name it has now. And I hate that they named this new one. Glo- it's it's Globe Life Field in perpetuity. Like, it's the the life of this stadium. It already has the naming right. There's not just like a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. Which like, it's it's such a boring name. Granted, there are worse. There's Guaranteed Rate Field. There's... I don't know. I feel like there's a few others. I mean, I think they're all pretty bad, quite honestly. I miss the days of Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, Comiskey Park. I still call it Comiskey Park. I mean, it should be called that. I mean, guaranteed rate fee. That's awful. That's straight up awful. And the other part is of it, it is. Mobile Park now in Seattle? Yes, and I refuse to say that for multiple reasons. But this, <laughs> this corporate naming, when you were talking about guaranteed rate field, I didn't know what city it was in. Everybody knows that Comiskey Park is in. Chicago. Yep. Southside. Exactly. That's where it is. I mean, the more you, you slap a corporate name on a stadium that's going to last for five or ten years, why bother remembering, A, what the name of the stadium is and which corporate sponsor is in which city? There's no reason to do that. Also, the big ones, like AT&T isn't that bad, only because there's 800 AT&T this, that, and the others. There's <laughs> AT&T um, Stadium in Arlington, where the Cowboys play. There's AT&T Park in, um, I believe there's at least like two baseball parks named AT&T Park. There's one in San Francisco, um, and then there's AT&T Arena in um, San Antonio, where the San Antonio Spurs play. And like, there's just so many of them. I mean, American Airlines even has two NBA arenas: American Airlines Arena and American Airlines Center really? in Dallas and Miami, oh, which grief. was really interesting in the 2011 NBA Finals, um, when <laughs> and the 2006 NBA Finals when the Mavericks and Heat were playing against each other. Oh, we're at the American Airlines place, the center or the arena. Depends on the day. <laughs> I bet AT and T loved that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, I have a couple more questions for you um, mm-hmm. on the Mariners because they're just a very intriguing team. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited because, you know, y'all have been the beaten down fans. And I, I like y'all to everyone to, like, just spend, like, a little time being beaten down. <laughs> like, Pittsburgh has it too much. Like, oh, just yeah. way too much. It's just not fair. And prior to and that, they, they had 20 years worth. Yeah. And they had, like, what, two, three years where they were like, okay. And then, like, you know what? No, I don't like this. I want to go back to sucking. Let's trade Andrew McCutcheon. Let's trade everybody. Let's just not spend any money and tear it down and continually trade our guys who we draft <laughs> with those number one overall picks to, I don't know, teams like the Yankees and the Rays where they figure out how to actually be good. They may be better if they actually that signed that. Orlando Merced to play first base now. <laughs> He's, I say this not possible. knowing who the Pittsburgh first baseman is. Um, well, uh, gosh, they had a guy. Um, oh, wasn't it Josh Bell? It was Josh Bell. It's okay. no longer Josh Bell. Oh. I think he got traded. Oh, okay. um, I can't remember to where. The only reason I remember that is because Josh Bell went to Jesuit High School um, in Dallas. Oh, so okay. Keep some tabs on him. I'm sorry to Very... digress, though. Your questions were because we're running out of time, too, unfortunately. That's all right. I'm just curious on what's the – you don't think that this year is the year that the Mariners start contending. No. What is the timeline, do you think, for the Mariners to get back into contention? I think it depends on how well the pitching staff does this year. And then I could give a better answer at that time. I think 2022 is absolutely possible, but it really does depend on how the pitching shakes out this year. And I, 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 I can't predict how that will be. Starting pitching, though, not the bullpen, which I did get a new closer. I believe he'll be your closer in Rafael Montero. 
That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the bullpen really more than the, the front end of the starting rotation is going to be fine. The back end of the starting rotation, and the Mariners are going with a six-man rotation this year. I don't know if they're going to do that next year. But mm. um, Justin Dunn, I'm not real high on. I went over his numbers on my show uh, last week. Too many walks, too many home runs. If he gets those numbers down, then he could be pretty good. But I don't know if he's going to be able to do that or not. You say Kikuchi, which is a name that I cannot say properly. <laughs> um, and I've tried and I can't do it. Um, he's had, I just have no faith in him at all. I'm, I'm sorry. but And then beyond him, LJ Newsom, I think, has a potential to be an effective starter. And then there's also Nick Margevichus, who's kind of a similar type pitcher to Newsom. They're both, um, they can both, they're kind of both like Marco Gonzalez. They're going to walk a few more hitters than Gonzalez, but then again, who is not? Mm-hmm. It, with some moderate strikeout numbers. The Mariners' philosophy with their starting rotation is control the strike zone, which in Marco Gonzalez is a, is a prime example of that, kind of harkens back to the mid-'90s Braves team to a lesser extent because they had elite pitchers who mm-hmm. fit that mold, and the Mariners have very good pitchers who fit that mold. So it's not quite the same thing, but it's the same idea. So okay. I, I'm more concerned about the bullpen, specifically the middle of the bullpen, than I am the rotation. That makes sense. Well, I have one more one more thing to ask you before you go. Of the young Mariners hitters, there's quite a few that have some upside. Kyle Lewis was a guy who um, won Rookie of the Year last year. Got some top prospects. Um, Jared, uh, Jared Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez. Um, also Taylor Trammell. Um, or Trammell, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's Trammell. Yeah, I'm pretty I, darn sure. Actually, I I was incorrect. It is Trammell. I thought huh. it was I thought it was Trammell as well. Uh, everybody on Mariners um, in Seattle sports media says Trammell, so that's what I'm going. I was thinking Alan Trammell. That's why I thought that's what it was. But everybody <laughs> I think else might have been why I thought that too. Yeah, I think that's why everybody thinks that. But everybody else says Trammell, so I'm going with that. Okay. Well, of those young guys. Also, I'll include Shed Long in there, who came out of nowhere last year. I, I really liked the season that he had last year. Of those youngins, mm-hmm. um, which one of those do you think will have the highest ceiling? Which one are you the most excited about, just for his future career, not necessarily for 2021, but just in general, who do you think will become the biggest thorn in the side of the Rangers <laughs> for the next five to ten years, however long they're there? Um, I like Jared Kelnick's skill set, but my goodness, Kyle Lewis certainly plays a great center field. So, um, so I think um, I think it's between those two. I want to see what kind of season Shed Long has. He's actually in a spring training battle for a starting job with Dylan Moore because he had, did have a very good 2019, but 2020 mm-hmm. was actually quite poor. And I'm also willing to throw those numbers away. There were a lot of players who had poor 2020 seasons. Yeah, I'm very willing to throw almost all of like anyone who had a bad 2020, I'm like, all right, yep, let's throw out of the door. Christian Yelich at 204, for goodness sakes. I know. Like, everything was topsy-turvy. Like, every single Cubs player was, like, trash. Yeah. Like, every like every single one of them. Like, Rizzo had a bad year. Javi Baez had a horrible year, which he and um, and Joey Gallo were two of the ones that were hurt the most by the trash shows cheating scandal True. and not being able to look at film in the middle of a game. That really, really hurt both of them. Yeah. Um, and so, are they? Did they fix that this year? Are they going to be able to do that, or can we just like say the Astros aren't allowed to do that, and like everybody else can? <laughs> I feel like that would be the most fair thing. Them in Boston, excuse me, Boston's yeah. also caught for being dirty, rotten cheaters. Yeah, and they rehired the same manager that, uh, which the scandal was under. Alex Cora is back as I know. Red Sox I am manager. totally shocked that that happened. Wow, I learned so much from it. Definitely never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Way to go, me. 
This goes <laughs> to prove something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To answer your question, though, um, I, I'm going to go with Kyle Lewis. I just love the way that he plays the game, even though I think that uh, Kelnick may be a little bit better offensively. I think he's got better bat-to-ball skills. But um, Kyle Lewis has shown surprising to me power in the big leagues where in the minor leagues it more manifested itself in gap power but he's hit more home runs at the major league level than i thought he was going to yeah that's kind of what happened with the rangers center fielder last year um gosh why am i blanking on his name i have spent so many years leody Tavares. there we go yeah, yeah he was a guy who's still young um he's also one who's gonna be hurt really badly by the triple a season being postponed i thought he was going to start the year in triple a now he's almost assuredly going to start as the Rangers opening day center fielder, um, a guy who didn't show much power. He was elite defensively, honestly one of the best defensive players in baseball, um, was right up there at the leaderboards um, in defensive war, even though he only played like 30 games. That's how good he was defensively. <laughs> um, he got a big arm, runs fast, um, patrols center field like better than almost anybody that I've had the pleasure of watching consistently um, and you know knows the strike zone well hits for average and on base pretty well but if he hits for power then he could be an all-star i don't know that he will he's probably gonna be at least a serviceable player for his whole Mm -hmm. career but that's a big big question with that guy other than that there's not much to look for in the rangers (laughs) it's probably gonna be bad just what when you do watch the rangers games against seattle don't be too sad when joey gal hits massive towering home runs um because that's probably the only highlight for the rangers in those games just like the only highlight for them probably this year. Unless David Dahl and uh, Willie Calhoun do amazing things, which, you know, anything's possible. And also some IKF defense. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap this up, sir? No. No, I think I've spent enough time with you Mariners fans who have some hope now. Um, You can see the pit of despair that it is being a Rangers fan, being someone who covers the Rangers every day. Um, Not a great place right now, but, you know, I'm looking forward to the draft. Should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's about where I am. And Joey Gallo bombs. That, like that's basically it. That's the theme of the show. Joey Gallo bombs. Well then, gang, uh, shall I close it out? Go for it. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it then. Uh, locked on Rangers fans and locked on Mariners fans as well. Please remember to uh, download, rate, and subscribe to both of our pod, uh, podcasts. Look for us on any podcasting app that you can happen to think of. Ask your smart device again to play Locked on Mariners podcast and Locked on Rangers podcast. Uh, any uh, social media accounts that you want to plug, uh, Bryce? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. That's Bryce with an I, Patrick with no C. Um, follow Locked on Rangers at Locked on Rangers. Um, and, yeah, that's that's it. Those are the two I got. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, that's two more than I plug on my show. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tomorrow on Locked, not necessarily tomorrow on Locked on Mariners, but next time on Locked on Mariners, I will be joined by Punky Brewster, Gobo Fraggle, and a Jack-O-Lantern. You won't want to miss that terrific conversation. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much again for listening. Sorry about my performance, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I will talk to you next time. Bryce, thanks for joining us on Locked on Mariners. It was a pleasure being on your show at the very same time. Happy to have you here on Locked on Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. This is Joey Martin for Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.